They didn't even have social media. She's 24 and he's 26 and they didn't even have social media accounts, which I find shocking for a millennial age. And you didn't mention that you pulled them into the dark side of social media and they actually have an Instagram account now. Well, How dare that's you. what I did with you and look at you now. You're like the stealthy hunter. Welcome to Hunt Harvest Health the podcast with your host Ryan Lampers, aka the Stealthy Hunter. Howdy. And myself, Dr. Hillary Lampers, where we share our love for ancestral living and the health topics of the modern age. You can follow us at huntharvesthealth.com, Instagram, and Facebook for more podcasts, recipes, and stories. Okay, I'm responding to this guy who sent this long, nice email real quick or text. Get these lost if I don't respond. <laughs> a certain this is the this is definitely something that we are not no. great about responding to because we get so many of them. And I'm terrible at getting back to people. It's, it's not the season for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is now. Hunting season's yeah, over. Yeah. So what is today? It's like two days after Thanksgiving, and you are here in Montana. Yep. First week. Oh, how many days after? Well, it's two days after Thanksgiving, and you, well, you were here last week, and then you left and went mule deer hunting. Yeah. Your last Montana tag. Usually, usually, well, I used to hunt right through Thanksgiving, but now I have kids. I mean, I had a wife back then, and I'd hunt right through it. But <laughs> now I got kids. Um, <laughs> let me see. How many hunting trips have you taken since August? Uh, I don't know. Way more than you used to take. So I think quitting at Thanksgiving this year yeah. is fair. No, I'm um, <laughs> I'm real happy with my season. I this last this last little trip in Montana, uh, I had a Montana deer tag to finish things off, which is how every season gets finished off. Really, we always kind of end it in Montana somewhere, usually east side or northwest. But this year, I was the only one with a tag, so. Um, the guys I went hunting with last year, Joey and, and Bayless were not able to, uh, come over on this one. They're actually chasing whitetail in Idaho. So yeah, usually it's right after Thanksgiving, um, or right through it that we're hunting. But this time I had three days, which was kind of cool to have like a limited amount of time and see what, <laughs> what you could do in three mm -hmm. days. Um, just with work and the house and all the new changes and everything, getting over here and moving stuff over, um, yeah, boiled down to three days. So finished off the season here in, uh, well, in Eastern Montana, chasing mule deer for three days and lo and behold, filled that last tag on the last day. Um, no way. About three o'clock. No way. I don't believe it. Yeah. Jeez. Last day. What were those mule deer thinking being out there? Well, they should have known better. It was a fun hunt. Had a great time. It was uh, seeing a lot of critters, a lot of bucks, um, which is why I like this this late hunt. You get to see a lot of rut action, and you just get to see deer behavior. And you're always looking at stuff. Um, yeah, the west side, northwest corner can be a little frustrating, although you got a better better crack at just an old old age class. But um, how many miles a day are you walking? Uh, more here on the east side. I think, like, my first day, I ended at 18 that day. Um, I was going to stay out, but it was a spot that 
just wanted to kind of look at, um, pick it apart, see if it was worth staying. I wasn't seeing any older age class bucks. I've seen a lot of bucks, but I wasn't um, seeing the oldies, which I kind of assumed would happen. So um, had everything to stay out that night. I didn't and uh, ended up back at the truck. So 18 miles that day and similar. I think the next day was like 14 miles or something. So somewhere in there. <laughs> you can cover a lot of ground in the on the ridges of eastern Montana hunting coolies. Yeah. You don't notice it, but you know, just uh you know, a couple of ridges away and you're like you look at your onyx tracker and you're oh, you've already done four miles. So it goes fast. Yeah, plus again you walk like you can walk forever, so no. I'm impressed eighteen miles a day. It's a lot still. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here we are. In our new house. Yeah. In our podcast room. We have a podcast room. <laughs> if we had another kid, we would not have a podcast room. No, we wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but we have a podcast room that has nothing in it. Currently, we are sitting on the floor Yeah. Uh, with our equipment plugged into the wall and uh, dreaming about what it's going to look like when we get it all set up someday. Yeah. But yeah, it's a perfect room. It's uh it's a pretty good size. Got a big closet in it and there's absolutely nothing in here. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just the upstairs of our our new place here, so it's going to be great. Yeah. Before we were like kind of stuck at the kitchen table or the couch and it was always a struggle because it was a really small house and the kids were always right there. Yeah. And it was uh, a lot of background noise. So now we can focus. Well, until, until the kids come through the door there and they figure out we're in here. Because, yeah. you know, even in a big house, you think you're going to have all this space. Eh, no. Your kids are pretty much right there with you. Like, I mean, again, we're all pretty much together. But well, here right it's just now, a little different. It's not so much the kids. The kids are downstairs. Oh, jeez. But it's the puppies. Yeah. We got five puppies going on here. So And two doggies, big dogs, English setters. So the puppies wake up, and then it's just sheer chaos. And uh, and it's trying to take them outside and making sure they're not peeing all over the floor, all that fun stuff. Oh, my so. gosh. Yeah, the puppies are quite a job at this point because... They need to be fed three or four times a day. They get up early. The minute they hear anybody walking around or a dog walking around, about 5 o'clock, what's that, 4.45, I think, 4 to 5 a.m., they get yeah. us up, um, and we have to take care of them, and then we all go back to bed. And um, But they're starting to get good, and <laughs> we yeah. spoil these dogs. I mean, we are just talking today about, you know, both our dogs are bred dogs, Um and our breeder in Washington's awesome, and they're both amazing dogs. But, you know, a breeder, they got big barns, and they got big kennels, and, you know, basically the dogs are kind of outside. They're they're not in the house <laughs> roaming around in the kitchen laying on the rug with you. And these puppies, we don't have a big barn or big kennels. And uh, we're definitely not dog breeders. Uh, no, we're not by any stretch of the means. <laughs> you know, we're like the we're like the people that when we have a, had our first kid, they're like, "What do you mean you're letting your kid sleep in your bed?" We're like, 
Well, we like to sleep and uh, we don't get any sleep if the kid's not in the room with us or, you know, as they get older in the bed, which then after, you know, seven or eight years, I was cursing because my older daughter still wants to sleep in the bed. But that's kind of how we are with dogs. I mean, they're not sleeping in our bed, but they've got a cushy life here. You know, they've got a nice kennel. They've got an area they play in. They can run around our house. No, um, they're just sprawled out everywhere. They find a rug <laughs> and they crash on it. And... But we're, we're potty training them. We take them out whenever they get up and start wandering. We take them outside. And uh, I think by the time they get some owners, actually, they'll probably be well house trained and potty trained somewhat. Yep. So yep. they're smart little buggers. They got their names figured out and yeah, they're going outside. Um yeah. going potty, so it's good. So if anyone out there wants a very well house trained <laughs> dog, let us know. They're well, super hopefully cute. By the time this airs that uh, they're all taken. <laughs> really? At that point. We'll see. <laughs> I hope so. It's gonna be hard though. The girls are attached, especially to a few of them specifically. The little one and they carry him around all the time and so it's going to be hard to say goodbye yep. to these little pups. Yeah. Even though at 4.30 in the morning, we're like, oh my gosh, when is this going to be done? And then about 5 o'clock at night, we're like, oh, look at them. They're so cute. They're sleeping on the rug. So. Well, fortunately, we have a yard, like a big area for mm -hmm. dogs to run now. So we don't have the fence up. That's one of my first jobs here. Mm -hmm. is to get a fence so I don't have to worry about the dogs because there's a lot of coyotes here and they're yipping all over the place right out here so it's a eh, kind of got to keep them fenced in or our doggies will be well, we've had a coyote few, bait. We've had a few scary situations already with our male dog because he's not really acclimated here yet in the morning early it's dark and he just goes out and well, there's deer Runs and antelope chases things. and sharp tail and everything that he wants to sniff and, and run down. And then coyotes. So he's just a, he's not very smart yet. <laughs> he's only a year old. He's yeah. still not wise to certain things, but yeah. no, nope, he wants to take off if we're not watching him. And got to get that fence up. So, nope, really loving Montana so far. We've got, you know, kind of everything you expect. It's cold way colder than what we were used to and I love so it, far we've got snow oh yeah it's perfect it's exactly what I, mean, I was we woke up for. this morning to like five or six inches of snow and it was yesterday was there's nothing it was yeah. like spring outside yeah and we're in an area <clears> where you're not getting you know three feet of snow at any point we're a little the history of this Bozeman, yeah the Bozeman. history of this place it's pretty um you know you get a little bit here a couple inches and it just kind of goes away, and then it you might get another little dump of snow, but it's uh, the wind will also push it away, and you get drifts on occasion places. But this place is pretty easy to manage the snow. We're not going to be shoveling snow every morning like mm -hmm. uh, we would be over in Bozeman. Yeah, my mom's house. I texted her today, and I said we got snow. Are you snowed in? Because she's about thirty minutes east right at the base of the mountains and usually it is like she gets pummeled and she said oh yeah I have 11 inches and I was like oh geez we probably have about five or six and she was kind of shocked that we had that much snow actually so up here in the high prairie a little bit higher than Bozeman they don't tend to get that bad 
and uh, even driving on the freeway, the freeway will be totally clear, and then you hit Manhattan or Belgrade, <laughs> turns into an ice skating rink, and then it's just like all the way to the mountains. It's it's crazy. So it's kind of nice not living in quite that much snow and ice. Yeah. Um. No, I love but, it here. It's got so much to do. There's just there's fly fishing mm -hmm. just down the road, and it's like there's so many rivers coming in right here, and you've got the headwaters, and you've got great bird hunting, mm -hmm. great big game stuff, skiing in the winter. If we ever get to that, oh, just a lot of <laughs> a lot of fun stuff to do, like right there, ready to ready to go. So, how do you feel being here? Do you feel different? Being here? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yeah. I haven't seen you much in the last uh, few months. Well, so. I saw you a few months ago. I know. But <laughs> I saw you one day like a month ago. Yeah. And then I saw you like a couple days a month before that, I think. No, this is a huge sigh of relief getting over here. It was, uh, yeah, the last couple months have been pretty brutal. Not being able to see my girls and being stuck over there basically living in my shop <laughs> <laughs> on a futon on my air mattress on a sleep bag so yeah i've been doing that for a couple months and then um yeah not wanting to i don't know i'm just ready for a, that change to get mm -hmm. back over here with the girls and not spend any more time there on the west coast of washington i was pretty fed up with it at that point <laughs> so i was ready to get out of there and every time i got another you know just traffic jam or you know a sea of red brake lights uh, i was just wishing i was out of there so mm -hmm. now you just don't get that over here you're not always in lines and you're not dealing with so much construction and traffic mm -hmm. that it drives you batty so yeah i feel like the first couple of weeks being here i just felt a, a like a deflation and then i went back to washington to work as well and got out of the airport and got in the car on the freeway. And I was like, oh my gosh, this place is stressful. And you don't really think about it when you're living there, you know. And we lived, I guess, if people lived in the city, they would call us the country folk. We lived out in the country. But, you know, it was all really just urban sprawl. And so you were just always... Um, well, if you had to go anywhere, you know, yeah. into town or for work, for myself, I did a lot of driving. And so you'd have to be strategic about yeah. when you went, you know, south or north, figuring out the best times to do it so you don't have an extra hour of sitting mm -hmm. in traffic, not hardly moving. So, Well, think about it here. So we live like a half hour from Bozeman and our daughter is going to school in the area my mom was in because we were living there, right? So that's a 30-minute drive without snow. Think about it. Think about it in Seattle. If... Paley was going to school 30 minutes away from us. What to get her to school by 8 o'clock in the morning, what time we would have to leave. I mean, we couldn't leave any later than 6.45, yeah. 7 well, maybe. Like, and I just know how my schedule was before. If I didn't leave the shop, I, I traveled to Portland quite a bit. If I didn't leave my shop at um, 5 o'clock, if I left at like 5.15, I was like an extra hour, an hour and a half of traffic mm -hmm. just to get through the Seattle area. So it was um, it was one of those deals that you just had to be ahead of it and then after it at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it'd be, uh, it'd be way more. I mean, here, you, in a half an hour, you can cover a lot of country. 
Well, yeah, I mean, I can basically know unless the weather's bad, then that's the only reason you would leave early. Or I can pretty much tell you exactly what it's going to take from this house to hurt the, you know, the school. Um, And there's no traffic. Like, it's staring at the sunrise over the bridgers driving on the freeway. It's like, yeah, it's a wonderful view for a commute. This place is definitely less stress going on. If stress is unhealthy, we've been living in stress for Mm -hmm. 45 years, at least I have over there. But um, yeah, it's, it's just a, yeah, it's just a buzz over there where Mm -hmm. we've come from. And over here, it's just mellow. Mm-hmm. So the other thing more. I noticed here, and you've commented on it quite a bit every time you come, is like how nice people are, how yeah. they just strike up a conversation with you. You know, they especially about hunting, which in Western Washington, like nobody would ever say that. And we went and bought a freezer at Costco uh, when Ryan was here last time he got his elk. And we had nowhere to put the meat because my mom has like a freezer on her fridge. And um, yeah, I don't have all my freezers are back home. Yeah. So we went and bought a, a small freezer at Costco. And the guy was like, hey, buying a freezer. Oh, you must have filled your tag. Like, now, hopefully granted, that means you were elk Ryan does one. walk around looking like a Sitka billboard. So, and a lot of guys I notice in Bozeman do because obviously Sitka's from Bozeman. But um, he just like, you know, just struck a quick conversation. And then Ryan was like, yeah, I did. And and then we went out and the guy that was helping him load it, they were just having a conversation. And Oh, uh, they went right into there. One of them was going <laughs> hunting tomorrow and the other guy had filled his tag. And it's like, I commented to you as soon as I got in the car, I was like, that would never happen back you were in like, Washington. Oh my gosh. People are so <laughs> nice here. They like actually ask you, like talk to you about and they talked to you about hunting. And I was well, like, I and know. it's not like I just figured that out. I've known that forever. That's yeah. why I always have a hard time leaving here. I, you know, I hunt it every year. And then going back is always a little, you know, it's always, I always, I, this is one thing that sticks in my head. Like, uh, if you got any kind of antlers poking out in the back of your truck, heading back home, over here, you get a bunch of high fives. You get a bunch of like thumbs up, like, People at the gas station walk up and they look at it and they're like mm-hmm. talking to you, friendly. But once you hit that that Snoqualmie Pass, Stevens Pass, whichever way you're heading over, you break over to the west side of Washington. You don't get thumbs up anymore. You get something else. So, um, no, much nicer people over here. Yeah, I mean, I feel like people just too. I was walking through a parking lot one day and. This older guy, gentleman, and I were kind of heading for the door, the same door of the building. And he just said, hey, how are you doing today? And he was, like, talking to me. And I thought that maybe he was, I don't know, because he was so nice. I was chatting back, and he just walked up, opened the door for me, and then I walked in, and he said, all right, have a good day. And he just walked away, and it was just, you know, it's, it's those things like that. And I guess for me, I just, I just feel so calm. I feel calmer here. Do you notice that about me? Oh, yeah, definitely. I feel calmer. I feel like I'm not so stressed out. I think the weather, the sunshine has a huge impact. I can tell you, like, waking up every day, even if it snows six inches outside, that brightness that, that in the today, like, the sun was shining. Um, yeah, which, you know. My mood is sun just for better. a lot of people is probably pretty normal, but not for us because we come from the west side of Washington. So, it's uh, you know, it's. I don't know how many days of sunshine you get over there, but you don't get 
300 plus like you mm -hmm. do over here. Yeah. All winter long, you struggle to find a day where you get even an hour of sunshine. So, yeah, I think it's. I, I got a it... UPS package the other day here. <laughs> <laughs> and the UPS guy pulled up. I was holding my dog because I didn't want him to jump up on them. He's like, ah, just let him go. I love bird dogs. And uh, I was like, all right, but he's, he's young. He's going to jump up on you. I can't break him of it yet. He's like, ah, let him go. And he, and sure enough, you know, Boone runs up, jumps all over him. Um, and the guy walks into the truck and Boone jumps in. I'm trying to keep him out. He's like, ah, don't worry about it. Let him come on up. He goes up into his truck and he's sniffing. He finds treats in the truck and the guy gives him a dog treat. The guy was just super cool. I, I've never ran into a UPS guy that cool. Usually no. they it's like drop Dude, off and Dude, our UPS go, guy <laughs> in Granite Falls would like throw the package from like the sidewalk on. I mean, he was, he was literally running all the time. Like he would never stop and talk to you. And we had that same UPS guy yeah. forever. Like, no, this guy was awesome. You'd, uh, you'd, you know, you'd have a conversation with him for 20 minutes probably if you wanted to. Yeah, you well, time, so. when you're delivering out here where we live, boy, you need somebody to talk to after a while. Yeah. <laughs> you only see like a truck or a car like every so often. We kind of live out here, back back here. Yeah, but it's quiet. It's perfect. It's really quiet. Big difference. I, I think mean, there's going to be definitely some struggles for what we've been accustomed to especially with um, all the things that we've done over the years with the gardening and, yeah. um, you know, the the chickens and the ducks and all that kind of thing. So got a lot of work ahead of us to get this place kind of up to where we had our place over there. The garden is going to be definitely a big challenge, but that's going to be fun. And then... Well, I was today looking at the website because uh, we're, gonna, we're adding some... We'll be talking about that here in a minute, but I was looking at all the pictures on the website and they're all from our Washington property and all the vegetables and the greenery and how green it is and like the backdrop, you know, of all the trees. And yeah, it kind of, I got a little bit like sentimental about it because we really did have such a beautiful piece of land there that we had worked on for so long, but just sentimental in a way where I was like, whoa, you know, I don't know if we'll ever have that type of garden again here. Yeah. Just because it's so different here, but not sentimental like, oh, I want to go back. I miss it. But like just what we had well, created I got, there. I got sentimental when I was chopping up somebody else's kale tonight from some no, store over here. No. <laughs> like, oh, man. <laughs> man. There's like rutabagas. We were making a um, big stew from yeah. Thanksgiving dinner. I get that from I get those from the CSA, though, because yeah. you, they're kind of like going out and picking a carrot out of your yard. But... Yeah. They're not. That's the closest. It's just it's, different. It's it, just, uh, yeah. I get, like I said, I got to get some boxes built over here and figure out a way to grow stuff. You got to get a greenhouse built here. And later. So, yeah. Yeah. And we have pretty clay soil, so we're going to have to do some yep. soil amendment. But we have a lot of space here. We have a, we have a lot more space than we had there. So, and the nice thing about it is we have a lot of space, but a lot of it is this, um, I don't know what you call it. It's like a prairie type property with sagebrush and stuff. And it's nice for the yeah, dogs. It's and it's just sagebrush, it's, tumbleweed. tumbleweed. It's a lot of yellow yeah. grass. It's the kind of stuff you'd hunt antelope in or mule deer, all that kind of thing. Yeah. There's a lot of sharp tails out here. Um, a lot of wheat fields pretty close by and a lot of birds. 
Yeah. So, so it's kind of nice for the dogs and it's kind of nice to just go out there and walk in that, you know, it's not the lush green trees of Washington, but it's like just that different, um, I don't know. Yeah, it's dry I just like it. and it's, it's just sunny. It's pretty dry. <laughs> it's cool. it's cold, dry when you it. wake up in the middle of the night and you like can't even swallow because it's so dry. That's, I would say that's the one thing kind of you love it and you hate it. Like the humidity in Washington, especially in the, you know, in the rain and the wind and all that. Um, it's kind of brutal because it's so humid and you feel like you can't get away from water. But when you live here, it's like so dry and there's no moisture in the air and you got to put like lotion on your skin. Hmm. You got to put lotion on your skin, which is something um, we just don't <laughs> like in Western Washington. It's just like you didn't have to do that stuff. So um, we definitely have. So in Washington, we had dehumidifiers and here we have humidifiers. Yeah. Um, so but I'm fine with it. I like the high and dry, but it's definitely dry. Yeah. Especially when that snow came in last night, boy, it was really dry. But yeah, we haven't had any super cold weather yet. It's well, you it, weren't here for a while. We had some pretty cold weather yeah. um, about a month back. It or will so. happen though. Oh it's yeah, it's coming. And the guy we bought this house from said, "Like, you better be watching for cracks and stuff in the siding. You better fill them in because." The wind out here will blow sideways and you will have water coming in places you didn't even know it could get in because the wind <laughs> will blow it straight in if it's raining or snowing. He was like, yeah, the wind is what gets you. It's going to. And we had looked at moving to like a few other places like Livingston or Ennis and one oh, is the commute. Could you, can you imagine the drive over that? There was already two wrecks like a couple of weeks ago the whole weekend. Nobody could get over the pass. So that would be a horrible commute. And then, um, well, you sent me on that one goose chase to go look at a house up there on top of the pass that one day. It was literally over the top of the mountain, like higher than the pass. But it looked like it had great elk hunting like, oh. all around it. Yeah, well, when it, it says acres. it's a county-maintained road till the last mile and the guy's leaving a truck with a snowplow on it. You have to snowplow yourself out to even, even better, get out. It came with its own snowplow and <laughs> truck. What a deal. Uh, and then it's like, well, if we were still homeschooling and I didn't actually have to go to town to work every day, uh, sure, if you didn't have to leave. But in reality, that road would have just every day would have been scary. Yeah. Uh, what's for dinner, Mom? What's for dinner, Dad? Oh, yeah. Haley's holding up a sign. <laughs> we it's have a glass door on our podcast room, and so they can still harass <laughs> us. But Turkey soup, which we will serve up right after this podcast. Mm -hmm. And I'm making some, I made some squash bread for Thanksgiving, and that was a that hit, was so I'm making some more. Um, But, well, it's been a while since we've done a podcast, babe. When was the last podcast we did together? I don't know. I, last spring? Seems like so many months ago I yeah it's really pathetic i have to tell you but you've but literally been gone part of the plan was though we kind of knew this was going to happen once yeah well hunting season started and you moved out here in august mm -hmm. um you know we knew that was that was coming and we we kind of mentioned it a little bit i think that we weren't going to be having too many podcasts out. well i mean come on but, we sold a house we had to get our house ready to sell that was a ton of work that was yeah. like so much work. 
Everything that you never do on your place when you sell it, you go do it. So it's a ton of work. We sold it. That was a process. And we had to move. And Ryan went hunting the week we I moved here with the girls. If you followed me on us on social media, I was driving across uh, from Washington to Montana with a U-Haul. And a dog, let's see, a female pregnant dog at the time that I did not know was pregnant, um, a cat, a lizard, a betta fish, my two kids, um, me and a U-Haul trailer, and we did great. I'd never actually <laughs> done that with a trailer before, um, and we made it in two days. We stayed at our trusty place in Coeur d'Alene that we like to stay for Post Falls, and then we headed on over the rest of the day, and um, it worked great. Yeah. And then it was like immediately... Haley started school, Tana started daycare, and then I started work a week later at the new clinic. <laughs> and then it was like, good luck getting, you know, I've done a couple of podcasts. I've been good about it. Mm -hmm. I went and talked to Rick at Heroes and Horses, which was a great podcast. And um, they, they're amazing. You know, I went to their... Uh, Gala. Gala, they invited me to the gala, and I went. They really wanted you to be there. Of course, you're you're like everyone has a man crush on you. They're like, "Where's Ryan going to be here?" And I'm like, "No, he's not." And they're like, "Oh, okay." No, I went with actually uh, my friend Angelina, who I met on Instagram. She's from Australia, mm -hmm. and she um, saw that I'd moved to Bozeman. She sent me a message and said, "Oh, I'm in Bozeman with my husband. He's." He brings in Aussies um, up to Wilsaw um, for elk hunting. And she came with their son, I think 18-month-old son, Jack. And <laughs> I've never met her in person. We just chatted on Instagram afar. And uh, I sent her a message and said, hey, you want to be my date to this uh, gala that I got invited to? And she was like, oh, my gosh, you're kidding me, right? <laughs> no. If you can come into town, you can come with me. I got a ticket. So she was her first night away from her baby um, that she'd gone out. And uh, we went and they raised, they, they were looking to raise $480,000 that night for the uh, 24 guys that they have this year in their program. They raised $400,000 that night in yeah. the auction. So that yeah, was that's... good, and I went and saw a lot of familiar faces from when I was younger and met a lot of people in the industry, and um, then I eventually got to meet Micah Fink, who is the CEO and the founder, so um, yeah, it's a great, great organization. organization. for sure. Yeah. Intense. These guys are intense. Uh, working with uh, Army Rangers and Navy SEALs, those guys are, yeah, they're in a different caliber of person, for sure. Um, the intensity that they lived under and you know thrived under really so anyways i did that and then i've done some you know we just launched our alzheimer's one or cognitive decline one which i you know my area of interest so did that so i mean i haven't done too bad no i no. got a couple out <laughs> but you got a couple no you got oh. a couple i have a couple oh. recorded there's oh. a puppy yeah. Up on the carpet. There's a puppy up here. Oh dear. Um Uh-oh. I got a couple recorded. We just haven't put them out yet. So uh but like I said, now that we're here, now that we're all here, we'll start, you know, getting to um 
talk to some really good people and tell some hopefully really, really good stories. Hold on, and hold on, hold so on. Hold it's going to be fun. Well, we have big plans, right? That's mm-hmm. why we're here. Yeah. Now we'll, we got our podcast room. We're <laughs> over in the great state. Yeah. And, uh, there's a lot of good folks over here with really cool stories and just good people helping people. So like it's going to be um, much better and easier to do podcasting for me now that I'm away from um, what I used to do. And uh, I think it's, yeah, I think we'll get a lot more podcasts out. So pretty exciting to dive into that a little bit more, get more stories. Yeah, well, I have to say that I feel like this year has just been a huge year for change for us, obviously. and. Um, I mean, Hunt Harvest Health has been almost two years now, right? December? It'll be two years that we started this. And I mean, what the people we've met and the things we've experienced in two years just from starting this has been pretty amazing. And the support that we get from the people, uh, from friends and, you know, everybody that you know, we talk with on a daily basis or, you know, that we Marco Polo with or all these friends of ours, you know, we all met because of, um, because of this, because of Hunt Harvest Health or Trained Hunt, um, and some of these other organizations. And then just, I feel like we've had so much support from people just encouraging us. And I've had my days, you know, where I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't think I can keep it all afloat. (laughs) But then, it's like we're here now and here we are and you know it'll just kind of naturally start mm-hmm. happening again yeah for yeah. sure now i think um i think it'll be fun to talk about um restarting especially the garden stuff because you know it was so easy to grow stuff over there it was, it was. piece of cake really i mean you you had to it was a lot of work yeah and there's still a lot of know-how but really if you have your basics down it's it's piece of cake and with a good hothouse, it's even easier. So over here, definitely going to be challenges that hopefully we can document and talk about as we go through them and try to get our soils right. I didn't tell you about this email I got um, from a listener. She must be a listener. I think she's a doctor. I don't have the email right in front of me, but when I first got here, I got this uh email from a woman who was basically explaining to me that she lived here. She lived up by Glacier, kind of up on the high line there. And then she's lived a few other places. And she basically told me, good luck. All you're going to be able to grow is cabbage. (laughs) Literally, like that was the whole kind of point of her email. And like you guys screwed up by moving here. You're never going to be able to grow anything. You're only going to be able to grow cabbage. And she moved somewhere like Kentucky or Tennessee or somewhere like that because she just couldn't grow anything here. And I felt like the email was, it was kind of in a way like, whoa. And then in a way I knew what she was trying to say. She was trying to say like, you guys are going to have your work cut out for you. It's not going to be like Western Washington where it's just going to be like, put a seed in the soil and poof, a plant comes out. Right. Um, And she did talk, I think quite a bit about the clay, the clay and this kind of thing. So, I found that well, kind of like so many things oh. fighting you. There's, oh. you know, your growing season is so much shorter. The cold, obviously, the snow, the late winter, um, water is an issue. Yeah. Um, there's just so many factors, and then you got the extreme heat in the summer. So you got, you got kind of, uh, 
difficulty in every every arena where over there it's just mild all the time and you can start a garden really early and extend it into I mean shoot I was just over there and some of the all the peppers that I gave away my potted plants I gave away there's still peppers popping like crazy mm -hmm. just perfect and this is you know that was mid-November so not gonna have that over here you can have some freezes and once once you get a freeze the peppers toast but over there it was just easier so that'll be uh it'll be no doubt about it, there's going to be some challenges and there's going to be some massive failures probably but it's got to educate myself on different things and i've already had people reach out and throw out suggestions as to how you know different ways that mm -hmm. they've had work for them to uh, build good soil and um, so yeah it'll be fun well, you have a lot of time now because hunting season's over. You can uh, research all that stuff. Yeah, bittersweet, right? Because <laughs> spring is going to be here before you know it. Bam. Yeah. Yeah. I got about a month of no hunting season before I start thinking about next hunting season and planning again. Oh, my That's gosh. That works. Tag season. <laughs> Tag season is almost actually worse than hunting season because he's, actually, he's here, sitting here, but... You could be going like, hello, hello, and he's just like focused on that. And that seems like, I feel like tax season, it feels like it goes on for weeks oh, or months. months. <laughs> <I don't laughs> it's know. definitely months. Well, every state is staggered, so you don't know, you know, every every state has a different time frame as to for, is for when you put in for each tag. And, you know, there's tags that you got to start putting in for in December, so mm. it's... All right. So what tag are you going to put in for next year that you didn't put in for this year? <laughs> well, most of them are just similar. It's just different areas. And obviously most of the tags that I put in for, I never have drawn or never will draw. It's just building points and, mm. you know, hoping and praying. But I drew two tags this year. I drew, I drew, uh, first tag was Nevada Mule Deer. That mm -hmm. was a good one. Um, Success. Just, just an average unit. Just. Mm -hmm. most average of average units down there but any unit down there is pretty dang good seems like um and then i drew a colorado mule deer tag as well that kind of went right into that season from nevada so it was two mm -hmm. doubled up but and success there as well that yep. was a long one that was a fun one that was i'd never hunted colorado and got to see that and see why people like mule deer hunters just drool over hunting Colorado. That place is incredible. I mean, you you just have so much opportunity, so many bucks, such cool country. You're way high up there. Um, I mean, you know, tree line hunting with a bow is definitely different. It's definitely tough. We didn't have any issues with any altitude sickness or anything like that. We were parked at, I think, 12.5, hmm. but... Um, I know one of the guys we had there to film, he was having some struggles trying to keep food down and all that kind of thing. But no, we actually did pretty good. So, but we had prepped for it as much as we could. And that was, a, yeah, just, just a blast hunting Colorado. So hopefully in a couple of years, I'll be able to hunt that again. But that was a, it was like a one point unit, nothing great, just putting in. And actually I had built up like five points for that state. And I was just like, you know what, I just want to hunt it this year, so I'm going to put in for something. And we uh, 
me and Jeff Lusk, we put in for a unit that didn't require all those points and burned them up and just learned a new place. So, yeah. Nope. What do you want to talk about now? <laughs> I don't know. What do you want to talk about? We just kind of, uh, well, do you want to talk about your season anymore or are you done? Yeah, we could. And we could just kind of recap the general, you know, outline of it. Let's do that. Go for it. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, if we want to recap my season this year, it was started with that Nevada and then it went into that Colorado and, um, that was, both those were August hunts. So that really sucked up three weeks there in August for the most part, or two weeks anyway. No, it was more than two weeks. I think. Yeah, three weeks. Well, I didn't even get down to Nevada till the 15th, 16th. Yeah, but Colorado, you were there for like. I'm just talking After August. Nevada, so August yeah. was two weeks. It was, um, I got there the 15th and then uh, hunted Nevada for, that took me quite a few days. And then Colorado opened on the 25th this year of August. And Jeff and I went up there with another guy, JR. And um, yeah, we were there for a week chasing bucks around. And then I ended up... Um, actually getting my buck after Jeff had had to leave, unfortunately. But yeah, like I mentioned, that was a blast. And then from there, ended up coming back. I think the next hunt would have been, gosh, what was the next hunt? Next You're hunt, looking at me? Next hunt was, <laughs> was, I do not remember. There's a pretty big gap there. So um, yeah, the next hunt after Colorado, there was a giant gap there. Um, I think it was, uh, it was Montana elk, had a Montana elk tag. So I went over there. So though a lot of September, I didn't even hunt. Um, I'm not sure when I got back from Colorado would have been, uh, first week in September. And then, uh, no, you did hunt. I did. You went on the mountain ops. You went with Phelps and, uh, Oh, that's right. You went with that's right. I went Davis to. And... Okay, so yeah, I take that back. <laughs> I forgot about that hunt. Well, you didn't get any. You didn't get an animal. <laughs> that's why. That was a tough hunt. That's why I forgot about it. <laughs> um, no, that was yeah, that was in Idaho, uh, elk. So yeah, I went over there and got to meet Matt Davis and hang out with him for a while. Man, we we put a lot of miles on me and Matt and. Um, Keith there from Mountain Ops. He's one of the film guys and had Phelps and the whole crew and they went a direction. We went a direction and man, that was a, that was a struggle. Great group of guys, new, a new unit, new country. I'd never been in anywhere close to that area. And, um, man, we just struggled. We struggled with just the elk not doing what the elk typically do during the rut. So it was, it was tough. It was fun. It was great to, to meet up with those guys and, and, and just, um, get to know them. And it was no lack of effort put out in that hunt, but, um, man, it was just really tough. Matt ended up getting a, a bull or spike. It was a really super cool looking bull. It was really small, like spikes on his head, fuzzy horn spike. It's, uh, yeah. So he ended up getting that. One of the guys, Tyson, ended up getting a bull uh, with Phelps on that trip. It was great. Um, really nice bull, but, man, 
yeah, we put uh, 10 days into that, and it was just tough. Seeing boot tracks everywhere is just not, you know, it's just not the, the picture-perfect hunt that you hope for. It's like every time we'd climb into a new basin, there'd be more boot tracks. And, and I'm not talking like a couple, three miles off the truck either, away from the truck either. These are 9, 10, 11 miles away from the truck, and we're still seeing lots of folks, but... Uh, there were a lot of critters, a lot of bulls. Um, we just couldn't get it done on that trip. It was fun trying, but uh, a lot of tags went unfilled. So that was a struggle. But then, yeah, right after that was Montana elk. And went over there and, and uh, spent some time in another new unit, new area I'd never been to before. And just checked that out. And that was just a solo trip. And, yeah, had some success there. Ended up with a great bull. And, uh, yeah, that was a tough one, but it was all spot and stock. It was kind of, um, fun to see bulls kind of ending up like end of the rut, but still rutting a little bit and just giant groups of cows and giant groups of elk. And obviously it makes that really tough with the bow stocking in on those, um, those big herds, but found myself in a just a great spot, great situation. And it, uh, it ended up happening. So that was that was my Montana elk season. And then, let's see, after that. <laughs> you went, you left here went, and went home to work. Went back and did a little work. And then uh, Joe and I and Ryan Bayless, mm -hmm. we, all, we all went up and did our Washington hunt, which we do, you know, most years and went and done it forever. Joe and I have. But um, that was a great trip. We all tagged out. Um yeah, I think we had eight days there in the high country of Washington and kind of wanted to finish up Washington on a on a good note and go all out. Unfortunately, we were dealt some pretty lousy conditions. It was a full moon. It was really just sunny and hot, like 60s, mid-60s all day. No moisture, no freeze at night. And it was early. You know, I think we got there October 16th, something like that. So, yeah, finding finding bucks in the in the high country at that point in the year is pretty tough, and but it ended up working out. We ended up all tagging out on that and all getting good bucks, and then um, yeah, from there, let's see, that was finishing up October, October went right into November. And I worked a bunch after that, and basically came over here. Um, about a week ago, and you were spent, home like a day, and I, then you said, "I brought a load I'm of going mule deer hunting." I brought a load of stuff over like, in the trailer, what? and um, yeah, the the season closes on the 25th, and I wanted to be here for Thanksgiving and all that, and so I figured, well, we'll just do this in three days and see what we can come up with, and so I just went up and hit a spot and and found the best buck I could, and it was just a fun absolute fun hunt just seeing what mule deer do and just getting to see that much action it's it's a lot of fun so i've got uh yeah mule deer quarters hanging in the garage right now that i'm going to be cutting up tomorrow so did you record that i did i don't know how it's going to turn gonna put out that out oh, <laughs> i need to know. listen to it no so what i did was um i just kind of like talked into a microphone as i was going along just every hour, few hours, or it was really slow. It was like end of the day, 
like beginning of the day, midday, end of the day. So I just talk into the mic and just kind of explain what was happening. So I don't know, it's probably going to be lousy and boring and just a lot of heavy breathing, but um, I recorded it anyway. Well, I'll listen to it and tell you if it's boring, <laughs> but I'm guessing right now men are salivating and they want to hear it. So it'll probably go out. It'll be a different type of podcast. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to get I want to get better at that. I want to do more of those, um, just like throughout the entire hunt. I just gotta, cause I really am not a fan of this camera stuff. I really don't like it. Yeah, I'm not. I hate self filming. Can't stand it. It's just not me. It's just not comfortable. It's not conducive to how I really want to hunt. Guys are great at it. I mean, there's guys that are really good at it, but it just it's just not my thing. I just don't like it very much. It takes away from something. <clears throat> for myself in the hunt that I don't really want to give up. So what about, um, I want to get better at just talking into the mic and mm -hmm. going through the hunt. I actually think you're pretty good. I think you're too hard on yourself. Like when well, I listen it, to you, it, I go, Oh yeah. I mean, it's, I think you're, I think you, you're great at it. I don't think you need to at what the talking the, into the microphone. I mean, oh. you do it on your phone. I watch videos of you doing it all the yeah, time. Yeah, but I like I listen back to a couple of them. It sounds like I'm just always out of breath and like walking. Well, that's because you walk like 18 <laughs> miles in one day. It's like I don't think anybody wants to listen to me just walking and crunching and yeah. through snow and and just heavy breathing. Like this is what I'm doing while I'm heavy breathing. But I don't know. We'll listen back to it and see what it how it sounds. Mm, yeah. But I went through it start to finish, so we'll see. Cool. And that was my season. So I ended up with uh, a freezer full of meat, which I will be dealing with a lot of that here well, at the end of the season. was like, I picked the meat up. It was a lot of meat, just one elk. Holy cow. Yeah. And then you've got three mule deer, yep. right? Yep. So, and that so, mule deer that we had the other night, we had some of the Montana mule deer and it was excellent. I don't feel, I feel like the meat, it tasted almost like. Yeah, it was good. It was very it was, good. It was Sometimes the venison is like, that, you can tell, but I felt like that was elk. I was like, that tastes good. Yeah, I love the taste of venison, but that didn't even have any kind of mm -mm, no venison flavor. Um, so yeah, yeah, the elk, gosh, that was like 300 pounds of meat on that elk. And then I ended up with, you know, four muleys this year and that was that was perfect. And a lot of that meat I still have to deal with. I just ended up throwing it in the freezer. Mm -hmm. And just with the move and everything, it wasn't going to happen. So, um, yeah, get, to get some canned up and get some ground up. Just got a lot of a lot of stuff to do with the meat still. So, yeah. But, yeah, this last buck, this Montana buck, he still had a lot of fat on him, um, which seemed like a later start to the rut over here or something because, um, you know, they were, they were rutting hard, but – a lot of fat still on that buck, so he hadn't been going for too long. Mm -hmm. But he had a really, really good flavor. And, uh, yeah, eating it fresh like that, though, was pretty hard to beat. So, Yeah, it was really good. I'm excited to start cooking again and doing You're stuff. telling me, yeah. So me living in my shop, <laughs> I, was, I was basically eating the dehydrated food that I didn't eat on my hunts. I was living on my jet boil and... <laughs> that was about it. I had no ability to cook. So I was like having to buy food mm -hmm. that I wouldn't typically buy. So no, I was definitely missing the ability yeah. to cook cook up meals and just eat normal. 
It gets expensive too. And uh, I think this was an expense we didn't figure into this whole like you're going to live in one state and I'm going to live in another state because like, you know, we both have to eat and we both usually were cooking meals together. And like I would go to the grocery store and buy food for the whole family. Well, I was doing that here, but you weren't here. You still had to eat, you know. And so when you and then when you don't have a kitchen. You yeah. have to go buy like prepared foods and foods that are just more expensive and you just can't make it. So it was like, whoa, this is like an expense we weren't really thinking about with you being, you know, us being in two separate states. So if you're thinking about moving and doing that, it's definitely something to think about because <laughs> it's like, it's kind of like eating out every day. Well, take the expense away from it. It just sucks not being able to make yeah. your own food and eat. Yeah the stuff that you enjoy eating and are accustomed to eating. And, you know, I had freezers full of meat over there, mm-hmm. but no ability to cook it really. And, you know, I could have gotten real creative in my little office room there, but yeah, it's just so, so tough. Like cooking on a little cooker in there with the time after work and all that kind of <clears> thing. So, well, this kitchen we have now is quite amazing. So, we moved into this house. Can I tell this story sure. about the guy that we bought this house from? Sure. So he's just a single guy, probably in his 50s. Mm-hmm. I don't think he worked, did he? And he played golf all day. That's what you told me. He did something. I don't know what yeah, he did but exactly. but He didn't even have internet, so let's put it that way. He just had satellite TV. and, um, Well, the day before he was supposed to be out, I came to do the final walkthrough. Uh, with Ryan, our realtor. And uh, <laughs> I know so many Ryans. There's so many Ryans in our life. Ryan, our realtor, he has a different Ryan. <laughs> and the guy was like, because so, he knew you weren't here yet. And he says. Well, and I had already had a great conversation with the guy. Me and him. Yeah. We talked really, really well. We uh, we talked everything from politics to you name it. And it was a great conversation. And so, you know. Yeah. And I hadn't really talked, I hadn't met him before that. So I came in and it was just me. We did the final walkthrough and he's still got bins everywhere. He's still packing stuff up and he's supposed to be out the next day, like by 10 a.m. And um, he says to me, so do you have kitchen stuff? And I said, well, We no, do, but it's in storage. It's in storage in Washington. And he was like, oh, well do you want my kitchen stuff? And I go, well, what kind of kitchen stuff? He's like, I'll just leave the whole kitchen here if you want it. Cause I'm moving to Idaho and I'm just putting what I can put on my trailer that I'm pulling behind my truck back out there. I don't want to take anything extra that I don't need. And so I was like, sure. Well, come, the guy has well, two said, sets of dishes. Whatever you don't want, if it's junk to you, have the neighbor come down and he'll take it. Yeah, to the he says, yard. I'm going to leave a bunch of stuff in the garage. Or he'll take it to That the might dump. be for the dump, or the neighbor will take it. And we walked around the house. He's like, Do you want that? Do you want the vacuum? Do you want that? Do you want the bedding in the bedroom? I mean, like, all almost the guy looked like I didn't even think he slept in the bed. I mean, it was just like nothing was ever touched. This house looked like immaculate as a 13 year old house. Yeah, and I had made a deal with the guy on the furniture. Some of the furniture that were really cool, like the yeah. really grand spanking new recliners and a couple beds. And um, so you know, we 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 did a bill of sale for 
the beds that we wanted and the, the, the bedroom furniture. So we would actually have a place to sleep and the kids would have a place to sleep before we got their bunk beds over here and stuff. And like <laughs> he had a snowblower brand new, never been used. Um, it's really old lawnmower, but it still works. Um, some other stuff. And so we said, yeah, Ryan, cause Ryan is like, you're like the ultimate barter. So you like worked him down to like almost nothing. I felt like for what we got, I mean, just our, that mattress alone in our bedroom would have cost what we paid for all of it. Yeah. So anyways, um, I know that we're going to pay for these things, but I come in and he's just like, well, do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want this? Here, I'll just leave my whole kitchen for you. And he had actually already packed up bins of his plates and his, his glasses. And he just started taking everything out, putting it back in the cupboards. He had like dish towels, a whole drawer of dish towels that he had everything wrapped in. Like brand new dish towels. He just threw them back in the dish towel drawer. So I was like, wow, that's great. And he was like, yeah, and you don't, not, you don't have to pay me for it. I mean, you're paying me for the other stuff. That's fine. And I was like, okay. Well, I didn't really realize. I didn't really look around his kitchen when he was there and like what he meant when he said, I'm just going to leave you everything in my kitchen. He left the food, I mean, down to the Twinkie boxes. <laughs> my kids are like, mom, what is this? Yeah, Paley pulls down this? the Twinkie and then cups like the hostess cup. <laughs> she a was like, box. what are these? And I was like, oh dear. So, um, but yeah, he left everything and that includes like well we just had thanksgiving here and he left all his baking pans a turkey pan bowls electric knife a hand blender cast iron iron, grills it um, was just all these nice new pots and pans two sets of dishes all his glasses coffee mugs instapot he didn't leave the Instapot. Or the Crock-Pot. The Crock-Pot. Yeah. Um, he left a whole cupboard of booze. Uh, he That'll left, be there for a while. But. Yeah. He left two ginormous T-bone steaks in the freezer. <laughs> I mean, they were as big as my little one's head. Um, he left... Uh, he left everything. So basically, all the plates, I literally all the glasses, have all the silverware. All, everything you everything. would ever need to cook with and things that we've never seen that are pretty amazing, pretty awesome Oh, we things. found this chopper, this chopper tonight that we used for our, our Instapot stew turkey leftover. <laughs> and it's like, chop, 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 and everything is chopped. It feels too easy. And Ryan's like, holy cow. And I'm thinking to myself, why don't we have these gadgets? Like, people are cooking like this? I mean, but yeah, so... Ryan, before even Ryan moved, got here, I had a full kitchen, so I could move in here earlier with the, we had beds that we bought, and we had kitchen stuff, Now, granted, we don't have any, we didn't have anywhere to sit, he did leave us, so we bought two recliners, so we had two recliners, and that was it, but a full kitchen, and I mean, who needs more than a full kitchen, he also left us all his towels, so I didn't have to buy towels, I didn't have to buy linens, he left all that stuff, um, so, I think we scored unless this house, some things are going to start falling off left and right. And he knows that or something, but I think he was just no, a nice he just guy. Had a, he was a nice guy and he didn't have a lot of, you know, room to take no, one trip it. to wherever he was going. So no, it was uh, pretty lucky on our end yeah. to get all that. Sure. So that helped out a huge, that helped and out a lot. That is a lot less things that i have to bring back here yeah from we can storage. purge what a good feeling to purge stuff that you don't need and quite honestly his stuff is nicer than ours anyway so 
Yeah. It's an upgrade. <gasps> yeah. So we got a beautiful kitchen and then everything in it that we really need for now. So we were really blessed with that. Um, so I know that we have to go because our kids are hungry and I can hear puppies down there screaming. But I wanted to, to mention that we, uh, we have some people that we're bringing in to help us. Joe and Emily, and they live in Pennsylvania. They live in rural Pennsylvania. Um, and they are both avid hunters, out, avid outdoorsmen. I met up with them over FaceTime and we started chatting and they're like the cutest young couple. He's 26. She's 24. And, um, lo and behold, they're going to kind of, they, they're starting to, they want to write some blogs, um, and they're contributing recipes and, um, they're just like, you know, what's amazing about them? They didn't even have social media. She's 24 and he's 26 and they didn't even have social media accounts, which I find shocking for a millennial age. Um, but Emily, we are going to post, we'll be posting their blogs up in the first two blogs. They each wrote a blog about themselves really and about what they love. And Emily's is about, um, hunting and kind of why she loves hunting and more so the, the aspect of being a, a millennial today, uh, and the, what is it? The perception mm -hmm. that millennials have of hunting and that people have of millennials like her. And what they're supposed it, to be like. I think and what I got, I you know, I, I didn't read it like in depth, but I think what I was getting at or was getting out of it was that a lot of people, a lot of millennials get that rap, but um, hunting is a way of kind of pulling you away from that, that bad rap of mm -hmm. getting things easy mm -hmm. and um, well, know, patience I, and, and oh, yeah. working hard for something. So. I asked them, I said, you know, what would you guys like to write about? Because really, as far as blogs go, you can tell Ryan and I have been writing those blogs left and right. But if you read the blogs that we have on the website, they're all sort of like stories, you know? I, I mean, we could put up 100 blogs about the five best ways to do this and the 10 best ways to do that. You know, you see all that kind of stuff everywhere. But I really feel like the stories we have on our website are real personal. And they're real heartfelt. And I mean, come on, like the number one blog I got on there and I put it on a podcast is the, is my husband's mistress with the uh, hunting wife thing. And that I still get, oh my gosh, like, especially during hunting season, I get so many emails from women. Just like I read this and it changed my life. <laughs> so that was one blog that I wrote early on, you know, and that's kind of how I, we want to keep it is because when if you're going to sit down and read a blog, you know, I think there's got to be some good personal things about it that, that draw people in. And I told them, what would you, you guys are a different generation than we are, right? They're in their twenties. And what are the aspects of your generation that are, that you see in this culture and the hunting industry and stuff. And so they've written some pretty cool things. And, um, if you go to our website, go to the storage page, stories page you can read um what joe and emily have written and they're going to continue to contribute which i think is really fun um and we'll also be putting up recipes here and there they're going to be helping me out getting recipes up and stuff like that and they'll probably be in the future contributing with other things but um yeah so and you didn't mention that you pulled them into the dark side of social media and they actually have an instagram 
account now. Well, How dare that's you? what I did with you. And look at you now. You're like the stealthy hunter. <laughs> I pulled you into the dark side and here you are. Yeah. People know you now. You can't get away. <laughs> I'm not going to say that's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. You're sitting in this house probably because I made you open that Instagram account. Open that Instagram account and learn what a hashtag was. That's why I'm in this house? Well, no. I mean, we've changed our <laughs> life a lot, and probably a lot of it yeah. has to do with Hunt Harvest Health. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And Hunt Harvest Health would have never happened no, the, if you wouldn't social, have started an Instagram account. Social media is, is pretty okay. Some of it sucks. Some of it's crud. But a lot of it's really good. So, definitely. Well, here's the deal. Like, I was, when I met Joe and Emily, they just are really cool people. And they're young, right? So they're like the age we were when we got married, like 24, okay? And w when I saw Emily, she's super cute, and she's been hunting since she was like a kid with her dad. And, I mean, Joe was telling me they go out like three days a week or something like that, and she's an archery hunter, and you can read about her, you know, you can read about what she loves to do in her blogs, and... Um, you know, just the image of the young girl hunter today is so like, she could take that and run with it because she's cute. She hunts, she actually gets animals, you know, she, she could be in that place. And I, that's why I was shocked that she yeah, didn't even have an Instagram. Matters. The cute, all that doesn't matter. It's like, she did, no. she really does it. She's, that's what's different. Is no, she that's actually, what I'm saying is that she doesn't just put camo on and go out and no, but what I was is saying one, but... is when I met her and then when I read her stories and when I saw, and then I didn't, they didn't tell me off the bat, oh, we don't have social media. We didn't even talk about that. I, she sent me the blog and I said, I'd like to post the blogs and I'd like to cross reference to your guys' social media, but I can't actually find you guys on social media anywhere. And she said, oh, well, that's because we're not on social media. And I was like, What? And so that like that made so me more. that made me like her so much more. It was so much it was she was so they were so believable to me then and their honest heartfelt desire to you know be, come and meet us and want to contribute what they what they have and learn from us and I think we'll learn a great deal from them as well. So I think uh, I just thought, I felt like it was good. Yeah, and then I told her you guys might want to start an Instagram account because then I can cross reference you. So she did. Dun, and dun, dun. Joe and Emily, you can go find them on Instagram. And um you know, we'll see how far in the dark side she goes, but they go. <laughs> <laughs> but well, um, I don't think they're going to the dark side. It's just she'll realize there's a lot of like weird people out there. That just love making comments. They always have to make a snide comment. Oh, so, well, their so trolls are always going to be there. <laughs> I know. That's, that's like, yeah, whatever anymore. You know me. I'd be like, did you see what that guy said about us? And you'd be like, don't yeah. worry about it. And now I've gotten to the point where I'm just like, delete, you know? And they'll yeah. be fine. They'll survive it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, um, I wanted to mention them. Because they, we we definitely have goals to. Yeah, I can't wait to meet him. I haven't even yeah. met him yet, so um, I'm excited. Just after reading a couple of the blogs, it seems like <laughs> really really good people. So. Yeah, they are. Anyways, um, anything else, Bev? 
Let's go have some turkey soup. Okay. That's about all I can think of right now. I'm starving. <laughs> and it smells good. <laughs> okay, everybody. Well, um, stay tuned. I think the next podcast is actually your Washington Yield Deer Hunt. Sure. So cool. That'll be next, and you guys can get the whole story from the guys. Yeah, Joe and I and Ryan, we sit there and we tell the whole story start to finish. Mm -hmm. And it was right after we got done with it. So mm -hmm. it explains everything start to finish and how it all went. Yep. All right. Well, hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving and we just feel blessed that we're, we get to be together that Ryan's here and that uh, we're starting our new adventure here in Montana. All right. All right. Well, Thanksgiving just ended and Christmas is almost here. So you know what that means gifts. Well, here at huntharvesthealth.com, we have some leftover inventory from our, so we are selling everything. Everything must go for $10, $10 for hats, t-shirts, ladies tanks. And yes, we are also going to put our stealthy dehydration and canning guide for $10. It's an ebook, $10 for everything. Go to huntharvesthealth.com slash store to get your stealthy swag or your dehydration and canning book for Christmas.